Hey everyone, welcome to The Creep Off. This is a competition podcast where the two hosts try to find the creepiest creep in any given category. Then you, the listener, get to go vote on who brought in the creepiest creep. And the winner of five votes can make the loser spin the dreaded wheel of consequences. Which includes funny consequences, such as wearing Crocs for a month, or calling the Sandy Hook parents a bunch of liars. Anyways, last week was <laughs> IT Professional Week. And I think we all know who the creepiest IT professional is. Whoever ran the soundboard at the Rochester show. That, that it. Chris. Anyways, that's all I got for this week. Tucker, out. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Please clap. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos. Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps, by creeps, for you creeps. I'm your host. My name is Vinny. And joining me in the studio is my good friend, Carl. What is happening, Vinny Paulino? We're going in for a marathon today, so I'm not going in too hot. All right. Yeah, I see that. We're going to pace ourselves. So we're going to do uh, the regular episode here. We got the our category, Creepiest New Jerseyer. And then uh, we got a bonus show for all of our Patreon supporters and Supercast that and we're going to record after this. I'm super excited to be able to do it because uh, today's show, the early show is going to be great, and the later show is going to be absolutely disturbing. So yeah, good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Jam-packed. Jam-packed day. day. Cool. So, Carl, let's talk about last week's episode we did, Creepiest IT Professional. Yeah, it was a close one, I believe, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, so the final score is Carl 58 to 54. USA! USA! So, um, I have to officially announce the current score. Yes, what is the current score? The current I've got a score. Streak. Carl has taken the lead. Yes. It is now three to two in this round. Nice. All right. I'm feeling it. I am feeling it, Vinny. I think I finally figured out how this game is played. I think I finally figured yeah. it out. Move it to Reddit where all the grumpiest people <laughs> in the world who actually think you're cool. Yeah, well, uh, people live. on Reddit do not think I'm cool. Trust me there, buddy. That's where your argument falls apart, my friend. Fair enough. I can point to some evidence. But anyway, so that's excellent. Thank you very much to the Cousin Roos out there who voted for my creep. That was a close one. We both brought uh, good creeps in the IT field last week. It was closer than it should have been. My guy, I, I could not get over the story. He was selling undercover police officers' names, home addresses, and information yeah. to have sex with dirty hookers. Yeah. I think a lot of people were rooting for him. I think that was your problem right there. <laughs> I got to know the audience better. Yeah, exactly. I got to know the audience. Right. Mm. It's an anti-hero. It's like Tony Soprano, you know? Yeah, he's My guy might guy, as well but... bet the Punisher. They fucking love him. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. All right. So uh, what are we doing this? Oh, wait. So it's three to two. Three to two. You still have to do your fast food challenge. Do you have a date picked for that yet? Great 
question. Yes. I was texting with last week the owner of Rhino's Pizza, uh-huh. who is in Florida with her family currently. She's coming back this week. She's going to sit down on the counter and give me the date options. So Excellent. It's going to happen. I'm on it. And uh, life will be grand. How long is the shift going to be? How long is I don't shift? know. 20, 30 minutes? No. No. And I don't want you to 35 get, minutes? I don't want you getting free pizza during your break either. That's not fair. Can I at least get the, the, the employee discount on the pizza? <laughs> yes, employee discount, fine, yes. Yeah. 20%. Yeah, you have no idea how much that adds up. I bet. And you bring a coupon, too? They should stop advertising in the yellow pages. <laughs> I all just right. go and steal them all off of my neighbor's porches and keep all the pizza coupons. So is that the only outstanding consequence at this point? No, I got to still get that fucking semen book. Holy shit, you do? I've got two. I haven't oh found that Oh, my God, Vinny, yet. I thought I was the problem. Oh, no, what just happened? I just kicked something out. Great job, Carl. What'd you kick out? Oh, I lost my uh, my monitor, but I, I can still see you up over here, so that's fine. You lost your monitor. Yeah, I lost my monitor in, the, in front of me, but that's okay. I can still see you uh, up on the other other monitor. We're, it's all good. I think I, I think I literally kicked out a cable. It's nothing you can fix. <laughs> I think I literally dislodged the HDMI. Okay. Oops. Well then. I was getting animated. My little uh, club foots were getting animated over here. All right, Carl. <laughs> I, I'll so you tell got you what. two consequences. Yeah, that's really bad of me. Behind on. Okay. That's pretty bad. God, I got to keep track of this stuff better. You you literally could have just said, yeah, yeah, so they do that. I'm good. I would not have known. But you notice how honest I am. I'll I tell did. you. I'll I tell did. you. Yep. I'm not gonna fucking. Dick around. I mean, I feel like for so many years, the first literal two years of the show, you avoided your consequences for like six, eight, nine months I'm at a, a time. I'm a busy guy, Vinny. It's not that I avoid Well, you know, maybe I'm a busy guy right now. <laughs> maybe I'm a busy guy. Maybe you are, yeah. Yeah, I'm a busy guy. All right. Look we'll, at me. We'll get to it. We always get to our consequences. We do. I did jump in that lake, too, by the way, while I'm being honest about everything. I don't know if that's true. I saw some photoshopped photographic evidence, but other than that, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Please clap. (laughs) Chad. (laughs) I I had to email Sly, by the way, to get that. I love that on his special, he told the audience to clap. Wow. Wow, Chad. One of these days on a Patreon episode, I'm going to play the RT bomb. The worst bomb I've ever seen on a television show ever. Anything that was recorded for broadcast. There what? was a comic who died a horrible death. Oh, okay. A local guy. It's really great. Oh, that sounds fun. All right, I'm into it. Yep. All right, let's uh, move let's it go. Let's Ring go. Let's play the, the game. Who do you got, Carl? Let's All go. All right. All right, so my creep is a man named John List. And I'll start off with this backgrounder here. The List family lived in a large house in Westfield, New Jersey. The head of the family, John List, had a senior role in a bank. Money was no issue for him. He also had a happy family life, 20 years of marriage with his wife Helen, and three kids. John's mother also lived with them. All right, so you got a 19-room mansion in New Jersey. This guy's got a pretty good job at a bank, making some money. He's got the kids. He's got the family. Then, on November 9th, 1971, while the children were at school, he decided to go ahead and shoot his wife, Helen, in the back of the head, point-blank range, right in the uh, right in the living room. Then he walks upstairs. His mom's up there. Hey, what was that noise I heard? Oh, don't worry about that. Shoots her right in the eyeball. Takes her out. Mo Green style? Mo Green style. Then his daughter, Patricia, 16 years old, and the younger son, Frederick, 
get home from school, and he's kind of like hiding out as they walk in. Boom, boom, takes them both out. So now we have the wife, the mom, two of the kids, done. Then he made some lunch for himself. You know, got to keep your energy because he needs energy. <laughs> then he drove. So he have a bologna sandwich. Then he drove to the bank. Did he just pound glasses of water and eat a bologna yeah, sandwich? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now this guy's not a drinker. He's not like that. Okay. Uh, his wife though. Eh. So then Liss drove to the bank to close both his and his mother's bank accounts. Then he went to Westfield High School to watch his elder son John, 15 years old, playing a soccer game. Rooting on his kid. Oh, all right, John. Good good game, buddy. So everyone's dead at home and he's at the kid's fucking game. Yep. Yeah, he's just hanging out watching the game. It better be to meet some of the moms. After the game. Now ends, that he's single and everything. He drives John home. And then as soon as John gets in the home, he pulls out his gun. And this son realizes what's up and tries to get away. So he's just shooting bullets, missing his son, finally connects. Oh, can I, kills can I guess son. how that went? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Get back here. <laughs> so then he drags all of the family into the ballroom, leaves the mom upstairs. Not there was, a, not you're telling problem. me there was a house in New Jersey that had a ballroom? This is a big house. This is a mansion this guy was living in. What did this in. guy do for a living? Uh, well, he was a comptroller at a bank. And I don't know if you know anything about banks. They have a lot of money. That's what I've heard. They're in the business of money. All right. But it turns out he actually didn't have as much money, which we'll, we'll get to. I'll make this quick. So then he cleaned up the various crime scenes. He moved all the all the family into the ballroom, tried to scrub things down. He took out all of himself out of all of the family photos. So he's, he's in there cutting out himself to not leave any evidence of what he looks like. Then he tuned, Really? Then he tuned in a religious station on the radio, put it up full blast, turned down all the lights, turned off the thermostat, and left. Drove his car and left it at the airport. That is very, there's a lot of smart moves there. Correct. Because the murders were not discovered until December 7th, nearly a month later. The neighbors noticed that all of the rooms in the mansion were illuminated day and night and there was no activity in the house. So after the light bulbs began burning out one by one, they called the cops because it's before LEDs. You know, they didn't last 10,000 hours back then. So the officers. We're able to get in through a window that wasn't locked, and they find all the bodies. And so they're like, oh, shit, he's got a month's head start on us. Uh, where are we going to find this guy? Like I said, they find his car at the airport, but there's no evidence that he got on an airplane. I think he left it there to try to get them off his scent, and they cannot find him. And at one point, they assume he committed suicide and just you know put himself in the ocean or something. Why would he do that? He's a free man. Right. Exactly. So then 1989 rolls around. This is 18 years later. And they decide there's this new TV show on Fox called America's Most Wanted. And they decide Uh, we should probably cover this story. This guy killed his whole family and no one knows where he is. Well, back then it wasn't as easy to figure out what someone would look like 20 years ahead. You know, like like with Stuttering Johnny, just like fast forward one year. Like that's what 20 years of aging looks like. He ends up looking like... uh Luke Skywalker in the uh, the last one. Right, yeah. They didn't have that CGI technology quite, quite right. So listen to this. This is actually very impressive, what they had to do on America's Most Wanted. Nowadays, experts can generate dozens of images of what somebody might look like in 20 years' time in a matter of minutes. But back in 1989, the police had to enlist the help of the sculptor Frank Bender. 
He had worked with the police previously to sculpt the faces of people whose bodies had decomposed before the police found them. All he needed to reconstruct a face was the skull. This time the task was different. He had to model somebody's current appearance based off of a 20-year-old photograph. Frank approached this task very carefully. He said that he needed to know everything about John List. He even said that he needed to literally become one with him. Really boring. A forensic psychologist was assigned to help him and draw up a psychological portrait of the killer. Through this collaboration, they were able to make a sculpture of what John may look like now. There was one detail they couldn't get the answer to. Had John started to wear contact lenses? If not, what glasses did he wear now? The psychologist suspected that List would not be careful enough about his appearance to swap the glasses for contact lenses. He also thought that John would have changed the style of his glasses. He thought that List would want to appear more important than he really was. The psychologist decided to go with the glasses with a thin, dark frame. Now the bust was complete, and they handed it over to the journalists. Alright, sorry that was a longer clip, but I found this to be incredibly impressive. They got together this guy who usually sculpts faces after someone's decomposed, and they teamed him up with this psychologist who figured out what this guy would look like 20 years after the, the last photo they had of him. And they used that to bring it up on America's Most Wanted. The America's Most Wanted piece on John List aired on May 21st, 1989. The sculpture was so incredibly accurate that a Denver family immediately recognized their former neighbor, Bob Clark. So this guy was going by the name of Bob Clark. He'd started a new life. He'd remarried. He's living out in Denver. And uh, his wife's best friend lives next door, and they're having a great life together. Get the fuck out. Then he moved away from Denver, but this aired on TV, and they went, I know that guy. That's Bob Clark. He was arrested for the murder of his family 18 years after the crime. It was very surprising that the glasses John wore were exactly how the psychologist had imagined them to be. The psychologist figured out exactly the style glasses he would be wearing 18 years after, and they nailed his face. I'm sorry. I thought that was a, a cool element. That is interesting. It's, it's impressive. That is interesting. But if you ever yell at me for getting into the minu too much minutia of a story, I will come into there and punch your glasses off of your face. <laughs> All right. So they arrest him, and he insists that he's still Bob Clark for over a year. Right. As they're going through this trial, and then finally, Bob Clark from Virginia. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, they're like, "Look at this fingerprint that we found at the crime scene." He's like, "Ah, you got me. Damn it! It got a little bloody at the crime scene. You left a few fingerprints." Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, the only gloves. thing that could have been left behind is fingerprints that he yep. could not have gotten rid of. Right. Because like you lived he in lived the fucking there. house. Yeah. Right. You're gonna find fingerprints. Right. All right. So he testified that he actually was having financial difficulties when, that reached crisis level in 1971. He was laid off for six months and he didn't want to be humiliated by his family. So he would just get up every day, put on his suit and head off to the train station to sit and read the newspaper, <laughs> pretend that he had a job and just like went, went through with normal routine and no one knew the wiser of it. Dude, my brother did that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've told stories about my brother. He's a fucking dipshit. He fucking did it in like 78 or something like that. No he was shit. living with my dad married my mother who was like 12 years younger than him. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she had brothers that were like the same age 
is my brother. Yep. So my two uncles and my brother got an apartment together. My brother couldn't keep a job, <laughs> and he would go to work every day as if everything was like fine. That's hilarious. Until my uncles found out, right. and then when they told me the story, it was the goddamn funniest thing I've ever heard. Because he'd be like, "I'm off to go do business now." <laughs> yeah, right. Grabs his briefcase. He's got papers hanging out of it. Ah, yeah. so many, so many meetings today. I gotta get to. So what he was doing was he was diverting money from his mother's bank account in order hey. to. Uh, avoid defaulting on the mortgage. No bueno. At the same time, he's dealing with his wife's alcoholism and her untreated tertiary syphilis, contracted from her first husband and concealed for 18 years. So his wife, Helen had pressured Liz into marriage by falsely claiming that she was pregnant, then insisted that they marry in Maryland, which did not require the premarital syphilis test mandated in most other states at that time. This woman was up to something. No, I just wanted to get married in Baltimore. <laughs> I love Baltimore. Baltimore is my favorite there's town. There's a crab cake after they get married. Who Come the fuck? <laughs> I would be saying, why Baltimore? And how do you even look that up in that year? How do you I even know. know which fucking state? How did she know that? Through wow. Her, though her health progressively deteriorated, she said nothing to list or her physicians until 1969, when a thorough workup revealed the condition. By then... Progression of the disease combined with her excessive alcohol consumption had, according to testimony, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkept and paranoid recluse who frequently and often publicly humiliated List, comparing his sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. So this woman looks like an old bag, and she's talking about, yeah, my husband can't even satisfy me in this fucking Are you noodle. trying to convince us all that this guy is a creep for killing her? <laughs> I mean, what are you doing here? You're just sabotaging your own story. All right, but this is the this is the best reason why he Because remember, he killed his entire family. Yeah, well, they were little syphil babies. Yeah, well, check this out. John started to believe that the devil was controlling his family, so he decided to take their lives while they were still pure and innocent. Yeah, so it turns out John was a big, big church guy. And in a five-page letter written to his pastor found on the desk in his study, Wiss claimed that he saw too much evil in the world and he killed his family to save their souls. He was hoping to be reconnected with them in heaven because he wanted to kill them while they were still innocent because the devil was controlling his family, Benny. But you kept going. You kept, you kept, yep. why, why do you have to keep going? Yeah, and then he went and found a new life and remarried and just went about his, his business, so... Good for him. Uh, this guy, John List, murdered his entire family, got away with it for 18 years. If not for America's Most Wanted, would probably uh, have lived out the rest of his days. He he was uh, obviously convicted. Five life sentences. He died in prison in 2008. Okay. The age of 82. John List. Fun one. That's not fun. <laughs> oh, I mean, terrible. Awful. Awful. Horrific. Awful Horrific. story, Hate Carl. It. Hate it. Let's take a minute and... For the victims. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. My story. My creep today's heinous crimes may have ended up saving a lot of lives, Carl. His name is Jesse Timidecois. Okay. He was born in Newark in 1961. A woman named Carol Critch, a forensic social worker, was a witness at Jesse's uh, trial a little wait, bit later. Wait, he was born in Newark? Yeah. Okay, you win. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get to that letter. Let's Newark get to so that much. podcast hitman letter. <laughs> All right, no, keep going. Okay. So... This woman's a clinical for, or a, a forensic social worker, and she was a witness at this guy's trial later. We'll get to the crime in a minute. But she did the research on his family. Jesse's mother was a promiscuous alcoholic who had 10 children by seven different men. 
His father was a violent drinker with a criminal history, and based on information provided by Jesse's mother, he was raised in poverty. They lived in a shack for a while. They had no food. They didn't have heat. Uh, and they didn't definitely didn't have uh, any health insurance, okay? Okay. His father used to sexually abuse him and his brother, and the two brothers once saw their father rape a seven-year-old girl. The father tortured and killed their pets in front of them, and once he forced the brothers to eat their pet rabbit. Cooked, I hope. I don't know. I mean, rabbit could be a delicious treat. Either way, yeah. this is a perfect recipe to raise a creep. Sure. You would think my creep would be the dad. I was going to say. I should stop here, but I'm not going <laughs> You're to. right. I know. In 1979, yeah, you think Joe L- or uh, John List was a bad dad. It's so funny you said Joe List because I wrote that down, too. All I'm thinking of is Joe List. I just my, That's all I pictured in my head was my, him just like with a shotgun blasting <laughs> kids in the face. Joe List. Little skinny Joe List. All right. <laughs> In 1979, he pled guilty. Uh, Jesse pled guilty to attempted aggravated sexual assault in connection with an attack on a five-year-old girl in Piscataway, New Jersey. He was given a suspended sentence under the condition he get some counseling. He never did that. No. They end up going and arresting him. He served nine months in an adult correctional center. Now, in 1981, he gets arrested again. Another incident involving a seven-year-old girl. Oh, boy. He eventually pleads guilty to attempted sexual contact and to cause uh, causing serious bodily injury in connection with the assault. He spends six years in Avondale Adult Diagnostic Treatment Center for sexual offenders. Good news is, when you go to college, sometimes you make lifelong friends. And he did. He met a guy named Jesse Cefali and a guy named Brian Jennon, who are also sex offenders. Well, of course. That's where you put them all, right? Yeah. So when Jesse gets out of prison in 1988... He moves into a house owned by Joseph Cefali's mom. And then Brian moved in, too. Oh, birds of a feather. And they're all hanging out there. All three of them just living there. Cool. How's that for a fucking content house, Carl? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's even crazier having Gino Biscotti and Alex Stein in the same house. So on July 20th, 1994, <laughs> yeah. little seven-year-old Megan Kanka lived with her parents diagonally across the street from this house. That's not good. It is not good. About 5.30 p.m. Is there a Megan's Law thing going on here? Do they have to tell people? That Don't they're... bury the lead. Fair enough. Little Megan. No. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Little Megan was lured into the house to come play with Jesse's new puppy, which it didn't exist. He got her into that, his bedroom. That's as cruel as it gets right there. Yeah. Promises of puppies. There's no to puppy. To a little seven-year-old girl. Oh, that's brutal. You should see him. His nose is so cute. Oh, He wiggles pink? his little tail. Oh. He's got that little puppy. He's got that stinky puppy oh, breath. I'm on little, my way. Little, little <laughs> pot-bellied puppy. <laughs> Loves it when you rub his belly. So he gets her into the bedroom. He tries to uh, attempts to sexually assault her. She bites him on the hand. She screams and tries to escape. He doesn't let her leave, Carl. No. Uh, he grabs a belt and starts choking her with the belt till she loses consciousness. Then he took her by the back of her hair and smashed her face on the dresser multiple times. Then he smashed the seven-year-old girl's head into the door frame. All of this seems unnecessary now, once she's passed out. Now, this has uh, started to cause her to bleed. So what he decides to do is uh, grab a uh, plastic bag and put it over her head. So, you know, he doesn't make a mess. Okay, yeah. He doesn't want to make a mess in his house. Sure, clean it up. So uh, he did that to avoid bloodstains on the carpet, and then he decided to rape little Megan. Oh, boy. Now, believing Megan to be dead, Jesse placed her body into a toy box that he had in his room. 
and carried it downstairs. He put the box into the back of his truck, and he thought he heard Megan cough. So he drove her to the Mercer County Park, took Megan's body out of the box, placed her in tall weeds, and went back to his car, or back to his truck. Okay. And then he just, he's like, ah, you know what? Mm, let me go back. And uh, he goes back and decides just to rape her again one more time oh, for the road. And uh, during this time, Megan's mom is, you know, it's 530 in the evening. We're going on, you know, later on. She's going, where's my daughter? She's starting to search the neighborhood. This leads her to uh, the mother, Maureen Kanka, to meet Jesse, who's 33. And uh, she said that he told her that he had seen Megan around 530 when he was working on his car. I was outside working on my car. I saw her ride by her bike. Oh, what happened Why? to her? What an idiot. Yep. Because now you just got to answer a bunch of questions, and now you got to make up a whole bunch of stories. The Kankas called police hours later. When I didn't know you had a hot seven-year-old daughter. That's what I would have said. There's a, there's a smoke show across the street from my house. You I have a seven-year-old daughter? Is she single? Yeah. I don't know she's single. Oh, <laughs> uh. ah, this one. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me see. You got a picture of her? Okay, can I, so can I are, keep this? Can I keep this? There are worse ways to answer that question. There are. Think about there's it. a lot of worse ways. <laughs> So, the cops are called. They're searching the neighborhood. They're asking everybody anything, everything they can. Yeah. And someone mentions, by the way, did you guys talk to the pedophile house over there on the corner? You might want to have a chat with those three. Sure. So, the cops start talking to Jesse. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, I saw her at 2.30 this afternoon. And they're like, well, the mother said you saw her at 5.30. Oops. Uh, and he just was like, oh, boy. Well, he could have pretended it was a time zone thing. I, I know certain people get very confused about Pacific, Eastern. The, it, believe it or not, Officer Strangest thing, the international dateline goes right across this street. <laughs> yeah. Just right here. And it's a different time over there. So they go, They the police said that he appeared to be extremely nervous, uh, sweated, mm-hmm. fidgeted. Uh, he, at that point, had been out looking around for her with the parents sure. when they grabbed him. Like, he was out there. Just pretending to be a concerned citizen. Hey, guys, one place I wouldn't look is tall grass. No one ever gets lost in tall grass, that's for sure. The park? The park? Nah. Oh, Who Why would you take her to the park? Why waste our time there? Why would a kid be at the park? Yeah. Let's go look at the uh, abandoned well. <laughs> so the cops take him in. And as they're, look- they're looking at him over, like, hey, what's that bite mark on your hand? Mm. He's like, I bit myself. Mm. Then they brought... they. He should have said the puppy bit him. <laughs> Give himself to do a whole web of lies. It's a lines. better fucking story. Yeah, well, then the puppy ran away. I know. I'm... And he took my toy box. <laughs> yeah. The puppy took my toy box. Bad dog. So as he's held there for 24 hours, they start grilling the roommates, too. Yeah. And the roommates are like, just tell him what happened or whatever. Like, apparently, there's a lot of suspicion that the roommates knew he did this. Sure. And weren't going to say anything. But uh, he confessed. Took them to the body, showed them right where she was, and uh, prosecutors allege that he lured her into the home by telling her she could, he could see the puppy. Okay, oh, I ask a question about yeah. Megan then? Because you had uh, alluded to the fact that she was still alive. I'm just, no, Megan's long dead. Okay, but when did she die, though? Because it sounded like she was still alive in the car ride. Yeah, she may have been dead uh, when he left her there, or she might have been barely alive and died after he left. Okay. I don't know for sure. All I right. couldn't find a concrete answer. That's fine. So on May 30th, 1997, the jury returned a verdict of guilty on all counts of murder, including capital murder, kidnapping, and aggravated sexual assault. Now, he was sentenced to death. 
Good. Well, no, not good. Because New Jersey fucks everything up. Yeah, oh boy. In 2007, they abolished the death penalty. Okay, great. And he was still alive. Oh, good. So they were like, you know what? You get to mercifully live out the rest of your life in prison. Congratulations. Is there a holiday named after him yet? Jesse's Day? Yeah. <laughs> it's that day in April when you wear pink. Now, after <laughs> the murder of their daughter, the Kankas began spearheading a campaign to enact legislation modeled after similar laws in Oregon providing for police registration and common notification when sex offenders are released into a particular neighborhood. The murder led the legislature to the U.S. state of New Jersey to pass Megan's Law. Good job, Megan. Which requires... <laughs> you got murdered better than all the other girls. No, you've, you've obviously helped a lot of people with that. I mean, you fell for the dumb, I have a cute puppy thing, but at least it led to something good. That's the thing. And uh, Megan's sacrifice, I guess, probably a couple other kids got a shot now. But the, the, this was really crazy. And I've had about my fill up to here with sex offenders the last day or two. <sighs> Me too. And we're in the bonus <laughs> episode going to fucking <clears throat> oof. Boy. Oof. Boy, oh so boy. that's my creep this week. Jesse Timidaquis, Timidaquois. The, uh, the man who this is the reason Megan's Law exists. Very good, Vinny. All right. Ring the bell. Well, the bell's over. The bell so has been rung. What do we want to do now? Are we going to do some Who Are These Creeps? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into Who Are These Creepos. Now, as you know, Vinny, yep. what we like to do on the Creep Off is not only just the best true crime podcast people can listen to, but also prove it because we're petty. And so what we've been doing is dissecting one true crime show at a time to prove that we are the best true crime show on the internet today. That's us. To quote a guy who's a good friend of mine in Canada. Oh. One of the best shows on the internet today. That's us. And what I've been doing is we've talked about Nancy Grace and My Favorite Murder, and we've been, we've been going through some of the big shows that everybody has heard and knows. Yeah. Not this week. Ah. This week, I want to talk about a show called... True Crime and Red Wine, hosted by Britton and Leslie. And this is one of those shows, Vinny, where it's just two besties telling stories to each other. We're just two best friends with a true crime obsession. Support yourself a glass, sit back, and enjoy. You know this is a recipe for success when two women get together, drink wine, and read Wikipedia to each other. I just want to point out that, yes. like, naming your show Crime and Wine or some variation of it yeah. is basically like starting a freestyle rap with, my name is so-and-so, and I'm here to say. It's, it is the lowest hanging, dumbest... Fr Vinny, I hate it Vinny, so much. I hate it, too, but never stop doing it. It's how I find most of these shows. I just put in True Crime Wine podcast, and a list of them come up, and I know they're all awful, and I love it. It's, it's great for what I do. For a living. So, all right. Let's get into... Uh, this is the, the mistake that all these true crime hosts make. They think the listeners give a shit about them. And I've seen this on YouTube. I've seen this all over the place. The person presenting the information that somebody wants to hear about thinks you're a fan of that person. Like, no, we don't give a fuck about you. This is this is the Chris Hansen syndrome. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, I'm the star. It's like, no, no, no. We just like to see pedophiles get knocked out a peg. Yeah. Dummy. That, Except for guys you. like Gordon Flowers, who are just, you know, undeniable stars. He's pretty cool. He's pretty good. Guys, we've missed you <laughs> so much. November was a nightmare month for the both of us. Okay, like, we can't even recap it because some of it was 
personal. Some of it was family. Some of it was... I had a psycho trying to mess with me, so (laughs) my mental space was taken up. And now I don't have to worry about it, so... Vinny. I'm, I don't understand what's happening. How could you? They were off for six weeks, and and they're like, oh my gosh, November was just so crazy for us. I, I, we're sorry there hasn't been a new episode. I'm sure all of their listener were missing them so dearly, but they can't even give you an explanation. Carl's like, I need you to drop a new one so I can do it for who are these creeps. Oh, God. It, it's, it's so infuriating to me that these people think that somehow they're the star of the show. They're like, I know you missed us. Like, no, there's a billion shows just like yours. Nobody missed you. So, yeah, we're glad to be back. It's, what is it, December 10th? I don't even know how long we were gone. Uh, The last one we did was our Halloween. (gasps) What? Yes. Six weeks? Yes. Oh, It's been a bad six weeks. I think everybody missed us, too. Nope. How many hints is she going to drop that it's been a bad six weeks for? I know. it's, it's, It's enough. Nobody cares. And... Honestly, if they don't even know how long they've been off, why do you think any of the listeners do? You care about your show much more than anybody else does. I promise you that. And they're like, wait, how, when was the last time we did a show? She's like, I don't know. Well, why would anybody fucking know? All right. Jesus Now Christ. we get into who's going to go first, Vinny. They both brought a little true crime story for us. Is, oh, is it a competition? No. There's nothing fun about this show at all. So, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I don't know. Mine is creepy. Okay. Yours is current. Yeah. Do you want to rock, paper, scissors? Yep. Okay. Do you do rock, paper, scissors, shoot? Yes. Okay, ready? Two and out I, of three? I, I win, too. Oh. Just so you know how to... Well, I play this game. It's just... I win. It so was, we don't have to play? Yeah, I win. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. Oh, boring. Boring. Carl, it was... I would rather they just scissor each other over the microphone. Yes. I'd rather they hit each other with a rock. <laughs> or scissor each other. Give themselves paper cuts. Oh, my God. So this is so obnoxious. Like, they can't figure this out ahead of time. They think everything they say is fun and cute. It's so annoying. I'm like, all right, if we're going to get to some true crime, can we fucking get to it? No. We got to figure out who's going to go first. We got to play rock, paper, scissors. Then we got to talk about the wine that we're drinking. Because this is the other mistake all of these shows make. We're going to combine all of the things that we enjoy and make them the crux of the show. Well, I don't give a fuck about red wine. I just want to hear the true crime story. Too bad, because you're going to hear their analysis of this wine, and it's pretty good analysis. What's our wine tonight? So, after our very long break, I decided to pick out the pretty one. It's so pretty. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. Stop it. Jesus Christ. Do you think anybody's actually listening to this going, why are they talking about all these crimes? Get back to the wine. Yeah, Tell me how pretty the how wine pretty is. is the label on that wine? That's what I want to hear about more. Please, that's the expert analysis I'm looking for on this show. And then this clip right here, as they're talking about how delicious this wine is, just reminded me of your buddy Florentine. Um, this wine is delicious. It is good. I am super happy with this. Yeah, it gave me goosies when I like first tasted it. It gave you goosies? Did it give you goosies? Oh, did you get goosies because it's so delicious? The wine. Ugh. Ugh. Dude, when I heard that goosies... <laughs> Like, you're not clever, you're not cute, you're not fun, you're not interesting, I doubt you're attractive. What's going on here? Why does why does everyone think they can do a podcast, Vinny? Leave it to the professionals. Well, I do it because I'm cute, interesting, and attractive. <laughs> See? This is... That's why I do Everyone it. falls into this. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you for demonstrating that. All right. So now, let's talk about what their stories are about. 
So mine is about Elisa Lamb. Forgive me if I call her Eliza because when I read this, I see the name Eliza. Okay, that's close. Oh, Put her name as Eliza. too. Good. So my story is about this woman, and I'm not going to remember what her name is, and I'm not going to say it correctly. Even though I have it written down, I see it differently when I look at it. So that's what it is. Oh, uh, but I'm but you know what though, Vinny? Even though this is so obnoxious, I'm like thankfully. We're finally going to get to the fucking story. Can we just tell the story? Can you just read the wiki page to me so I can figure out what's going on? Nope. The other woman has to sidetrack the conversation. Dallas just mentioned we were watching, it was like previews for a Netflix show or something, and it was Borat. And Dallas was like, didn't Leslie say she liked that? And I was like, I don't know, but also I don't doubt it. But it was funny because he was like, yep. he knows it's you. I'm part of the family. <laughs> you are. So we were talking about getting a cat. Sorry, I'm like... And- Hijacked your story here. So we were talking about, you know, getting a cat. We were looking at different cats. And there's this one I wanted to uh, rescue, and it's a Russian blue. (laughs) And I was like, yes. And then we get to give it the Russian name. You have to name it Borat. I want to name it Svetka. What is going on here? Vinny, I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on. I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Are you still talking? I don't even know what's going on right now. Dude, I'm so lost. Does, who's getting a cat? I don't know, but Borat. Were from, you getting a cat? Who's getting the cat? Borat's from Kazakhstan. I know that that was part of the USSR at one point, but they're very confused about geography. And it will be again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so they just they can't help themselves. This is the problem, and I don't want to just make a blanketed statement about women in general, but I will. This is the problem when two women get together and have these conversations with each other. They can't fucking focus. They, they want to sell each other Tupperware. They don't know what they're doing. It's like we're trying to read these fucking wiki pages to each other. This is my last clip here, Benny, because even when they get to the this story. This show is horrific. Oh, this is terrible. Even when they get to the story, they can't just fucking tell you the story. They have to try to clown around with each other and crack each other up. Um, her parents were immigrants from Hong Kong, and they had opened a restaurant in the area, um, Canada. God, I had to think about where Vancouver was. Canada land? Uh, <laughs> Canada. Canada. <laughs> it's funny. Well, I don't think it's funny. All right, so these are two humorless, witless idiots who think they're important because don't they Don't forget read, drugs. Because <laughs> they read Wikipedia pages to each other. I believe, I rest my case, Your Honor, this is proof. That obviously the creep off is the superior podcast. Sustained creepos, the best in the business. All so right, I guess that means it's time for some uh, voicemails, Carl. Oh yeah, we should probably read a letter too. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that at All the right. end of our voicemail All segment. Right. Sounds good. The creep off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse, Syracuse, where our tap water will sterilize your children so you don't have to. See you in Syracuse. What a wonderful service from the city of Syracuse. Yeah, it's smart. All right, this is a, a pretty solid question from a listener. Hey, uh, all this child porn, they always have terabytes of uh, porn, right? But I'm wondering, is it the same porn, or is everyone getting arrested for the same child porn? Is, has the FBI or whoever, like, commented on, you know, is the... Are, the rate of child porn like victims going down at the very least and all these pedos are just sharing the same shit uh you guys seem to be the experts on uh, child pornography uh and so i uh i'm, I'm curious what you your thoughts on on this uh go fuck yourself 
Um, whose job is it to determine the unique number of CP images out there or videos? I, that's not a job I want, sir. It's that one guy we talked about last week. Oh, boy. I'm gonna, oh, look, I got doubles. 30,000 files. I'll be here all weekend. Honey, I'm not going to be home from work. Spilling over on my desk today. Yeah. yeah no idea, buddy, but I'm sure people do get. Uh, no idea. And a weird thing to even think, I have to say. All right. All right. Now, this is someone who pointed out that last week there was something very disturbing that we completely missed. Oh. So I think I've heard the most disturbing thing I've ever heard on the creep off on this IT episode. And it was during the scum parade. You mean to tell me there's a facility somewhere that has a blind retard washing dishes, those dishes aren't getting clean. <laughs> I don't care what you say. They're not getting clean. That's disturbing as fuck. See ya. Yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, went right over our heads. By the, the way, I, I've been to that we restaurant, were... too. You ever get the, the fork that's still got the fucking food from the last guy who, who ate with it? Yeah, like... it turns out that the, the slow guy in the back is being raped by a counselor. <laughs> yeah. And he just didn't see the dirt on that one. And apparently the server didn't either. Come on, you're ramping this shit up for everybody. Pay attention. Hey, Carl, here's yes. a suggestion for another edition of Who Are These Creepos? Okay. Hey, Vinny or Carl or whatever intern is listening to this message. I just was listening to the last episode and uh, was just wanted to let you know that you should check out um, Small Town Murder. It's a uh, two comedians that talk about uh, murders and they try to make it funny. Maybe a little bit better than you guys. Maybe not. Oh, Maybe oh. they are. I don't yeah, know. I'll take the challenge. Love the show, though, Brian, and uh, I think you guys should check it out. I think you'd be entertained. Anyway. Oh, that was like a legit suggestion. Like you think someone will like the show? I I hate that show. Weird. I think it's terrible. I've never Have you heard, heard it? it? No. Oh. I just know we're better. Of course. Yeah. Well, I, I'll prove it. That's fine. We can do that. Carl, uh, I got to tell you, this guy's just following you everywhere. Hey, Vinny, Winnie. Hey, this is Chad. Hey, Vinny, if you could pass it along to Carl, this is Chad Zumach, and uh, you know, with friends like Carl. Who needs enemies? You know, Vinny? Ha, 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 ha. But I always vote for you because you're the people's champ. Vinny Winnie, the people's champ. Fuck Carl. See ya. Mm. That was about as funny as a real Chad Zoo. Yeah, I, I, that, that was pretty accurate. I recently changed my uh, my Twitter name to the Z, to, to the V-Man. <laughs> V-Man? Yeah, All right. V-Man. V-Man. <laughs> Somebody put a, a meme or something on our subreddit that just showed like someone sleeping. Like, let's try to listen to the Z-Man with a bunch of Zs. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> that checks out. Uh, this is a... Uh, I really appreciate this call. Whoever left this one, thank you. What's up, Carl? What's up, Vinny? I just wanted to call and say... Thank you, Vinny. Because of you, we get to see big tits. I don't think anyone thanked you yet. And barring Carl's computer fucking up posting a JPEG, we're all kind of in debt to you. Thank you very much, Vinny. Yes, yeah, sorry. Because of <laughs> ah, <you're right. laughs> ah, nice. Yeah, uh, sorry, I can't get my computer to upload the JPEG. I'll just describe them to yeah. you because I was able to see yeah. them. Yeah, Vinny, that is a good point. Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. Looking That's why I'm the that. people's champion. Don't you forget it. 
And uh, last call. We have a creep alert. Oh. <clears throat> hey there. I'm uh, calling in with a creep alert. So I worked at an uh, automotive shop, and I had a car in that the uh, service salesman told me the guy recently found out that his wife cheated on him. And I opened the trunk to air up his spare, and there were buckets of cleaning supplies, uh, a couple of uh, BDSM sex toys, and a machete. Oh, Jesus. It's still in the packaging, brand new. So uh, basically, I think my uh, my fingerprints are all over a future crime scene. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I've got a relief for him, so maybe I'm the creep here. Uh, thank you, fuck you, bye. Was the last name on that Hatley, by any chance? <laughs> it was a Subaru. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. You know what? Please. I'm, I don't even want to say this because it means I'm going to get more. Can we get less Brett Hatley porn out there in the world? God. What the fuck is Dude, that man it's so, doing? It's so I've never met that guy in my life. I don't know him. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, dude? What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? He's living his best I gotta, life. I fucking go on that. These fucking gifts or the gifs that pop up. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> it's horrific. <laughs> it's, it's not fun. I was going to describe it, but I don't even want to think about it. Right uh, now. Speaking of horrific, there's a letter sitting out of that desk for you. Wow. Okay. I don't give permission to read on podcasts in all caps across the top. Oh. Well, sorry, buddy. You are once again providing content to our shows. Well, I'm glad I'm not going to be the one reading it because that means I'm innocent when he gets out and decides to kill again. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Matt, I apologize, but you do understand that I have to read this on the show. You, you, you do understand that, right? And thank you, by the way, Matt, for helping us with content over the past few years. And I'm sorry things didn't work out with you and your girlfriend. I think I kind of predicted that they wouldn't. Who are you more sorry for, Carl? I, I only knew Matt. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, Matt was my buddy. So, uh, you know, I got to This isn't a divorce. You don't, get, you don't have to, like, <laughs> It's not like that? All right. So you've already read this letter. Is there anything in here I shouldn't read before I start reading it? No, you can read the whole thing. <clears throat> Carl. Oh, by the way, he spelled your name. This is uh, the envelope. I don't know if you can see this. He spelled your name V-Y-N-N-Y, Paulino. What a funny guy. Which is pretty funny. What a funny guy. So he, he, he addressed it to Always you. Always the comedian, eh? He addressed it to you, but then signs it to me. Interesting. Okay. So from what I understand, our pal Alex had sent him a letter. Oh, okay, yeah. And had told him that if he wanted to respond to the show or get in touch with any of us, just to send it to the Carlson, because that's what people seem to, I see seem to do. Alex told him to do that. Because I was wondering if he's been listening to the show or not. Maybe I'll find out after I read this. You will find out. Okay, let's go. What's up, my friend? How is the world of podcasting going? It's going fantastic, buddy. Oh, this is... Oh, my God. It's going great. I Our Patreon you. is killing it. Oh, Thank you. I hate you. Anything exciting from the SJ or PM camps? Oh, yeah, dude. SJ... We've created an entire fucking industry with Stuttering John. It's amazing. I feel like a bit of an outsider now. Okay, so he's not listening anymore. Good. I feel better already. I feel like the way you're responding to this feels like that fucking uh, Eminem music video. I'm your biggest fan. My name is Stan. (laughs) This is what's fucking happening right now. All right. It's been 450-ish days being in here, which means I haven't been able to listen to podcasts or, you know, have the freedom thing <laughs> yeah that's what prison means you don't have the freedom thing 
I'm liking this kid more and more. Is that weird? <sighs> yes. Okay. It is. And that's why I decided to read this on the creep off. Good choice. I feel like I'm, that'll probably drive him crazy too. Like if he finds out you company. didn't even read it on WATP, he's like, he read it on the creep off. <laughs> Fuck that show. I never even liked that show. <laughs> All right. Rather disappointed I haven't heard from you, man. By now, I expected some pics of Casey, Vic, Jen, or Chrissy Mayer, or some money on my books and tablet. You can afford it making 10000 a month on Patreon. Oh, so he, he does have the internet then. Apparently, I don't know. I don't understand what he means by on my books and tablet. Even a care pack package would have been cool. Is this guy fucking calling you a creep for not giving him things? Hold on. This is funny. Let's keep going. It's the least you could have been doing as I continue to spend the... I continue to spread the gospel of Patrick Michael, his greatest song, Snakes in the Grass, and his neglect of his children. Are you judging others now, Matthew? You're, You're judging Patrick Michael for how he treats his family? Okay. And he's putting you on a guilt trip. I, I'm not, I don't feel guilty. Uh, I wish my brain wasn't all fucked up or I had access to your podcast because I'm not doing a true service to these lucky MCJ junkies I've had. What? Oh, these lucky MCJ bunkies I've had. So are these his roommates or his cellmates he's talking about? It must be. Yes. Okay. So that means his cellmates. Uh, so he puts lucky with a little question mark to be funny. So this is actually fucking crazy. I wish my brain wasn't all fucked up. Yeah, I wish so too, man. That's, is that a, so being aware that your brain is fucked up, that's awful, right? That's that's, tor- pr- that's torture? Progress. I mean, a little bit of progress. All right. So uh, let's get back to the, I want to keep going, but let's get back to this thing where he thinks I should be giving him money or a care package. <laughs> Could you just crazy. send him some nudes of your wife, please? Yeah, that was weird he included that name. Anyway, I will be with Chrissy this weekend. Maybe I can uh, get some shots of her in the hot tub or on the lazy river. Just send him a link to her OnlyFans. <laughs> she doesn't have an OnlyFans. Uh, I know you've had people I write. Know. I know you've had people write. I did not. I didn't tell anyone to write. Yeah. But I'm not reaching out to do an interview or tell stuff about my case. I'm just bored and lonely. Oh, that's sad. I've been reaching out to people, and surprise, surprise, they aren't responding. I'm looking at you, Alex, and next Gatto. Next Grotto. I've been jailing well, even in the time I spent in the MH wing. That's a mental health wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only so many card games, puzzles, chess, books to read, or pictures to color before... Pictures to color? Oh, no. Hey. (laughs) Before it gets tired and repetitive. Hell, even all the hustlers get boring. They got nudie mags in there? All right. Apparently. That's something. I know his type. Uh, My day is pretty boring. I wake up 7.15 to 7.40. Did I ask? I wake up between 17 and 7.40 when the... Really boring. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm, I'm struggling with this. He wrote this. This is not number two pencil. This is the lightest fucking pencil. I mean, this is impossible to read. It's so... This is... That's Michigan Penitentiary pencil. Yeah, it's not good. All right. I know we're going long here. Uh, my day is Read pretty it. boring. It's, it's a lot. I wake up between 7.15 and 7.40 when the somethings come on for breakfast. 
uh, cereal, fruit, bread, egg. Go back to sleep till someone knocks on my door for laundry. Oh, boy. Oh, there's a lot here. Um, I'm the unit's laundry man. It gets me a little food. I wonder if he's lost some weight. I bet he has. Then lunch, which is between 11.20 and 12.20, mostly crap. Then play cards, usually spades, poker, rummy, or screwed. Kill something. Kill lockdown at 3P. Till till lockdown at 3P. Uh, We're locked for one to one and a half hours till dinner, usually. I read color pictures or complete puzzles during that time. Dinner is four to five. Oh, my gosh. They treat these people like they're in their 70s. They eat lunch at 11, 20, and eat dinner at four. So whenever your grandparent goes, <laughs> we I'm in a nursing home, and they treat me like it's a prison. Mm-hmm. They're not lying. Mm-hmm. Those old people are not lying. Yeah. And then I fall asleep to Jeopardy. <laughs> um, did you have as much fun with this as I'm having when you read this, by the way, buddy? No, I bet it insanely I'm disturbed. I'm feeling guilty. that I'm, I'm, all right. I'm a smile reader. What can I say? All right, so then he says, uh, dinner four to five, more bullshit. Then I watch the news till wound care, leg wrap for my lymphomia. (laughs) Then then back to the rock till 10 p.m. lock. Some days we get wrecks, others that it's more laundry cards and cook-ups, commissary on Monday and Friday, win and exchange Wednesday, and razor pass on Fridays. Wash Razor pass? What the fuck? What is razor pass? Razor pass on Fridays. You think he has those scooters they get to like cruise down the hallways? No. (laughs) That'd be fun. They let them shave once a week on Friday? Oh, that's probably what it is. I was trying to think, like, what is razor pass? Is that like they're hiding contraband and like passing shivs around and shit? It's got to be like they let him shave. They probably, yeah, they probably supervise him with a razor and let him shave. That's interesting. Okay. Write back and ask questions. I will. I will write back to Matt. This is exciting. I don't know why he didn't want this right on the show. This is fun. We're learning. Write back and ask questions. Let me know what's going on in the world. Oh, dude, I got a lot to catch you up on. If you want to support me, touchpaydirect.com is for commissary account. Gettingout.com is for the, the tablet. You can send me your email if you want to send messages that way. You know my email. Whatever. Uh, MyCarePacks.com is to send care packs. Video visits can be set up at ICSVideoVisit.com. Oh, shit. Can I record that? Can we do a video visit with Matt Lewinsky and put it out as content? Can this be my new show? Carl and Matt? Only if it's on our new $20 Patreon tier. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, use my name and inmate number. Uh, cool. All right. Let's see what else he says. Uh, Patty wishes he jailed as well as I do. The inmate formerly known as podcast hitman Matthew Winsky with his number. P.S. Pass my info along to Carly. Carly? Yeah, Carly. Patrick Michaels, Carly. I forgot about that. Okay. Pass my info along to Carly. She could use a step up from that ginger butt crack. <laughs> Dude, Josh, you might be single, buddy. I hope you get out soon. PPS, get me a few magazine subscriptions to uh, the Wrestling Observer. You want Meltzer's magazine, dude? Come on. Lingerie Babies, Travel Puzzles. 
Oh, and I guess that's the end of that. Yep. Wait. Oh, now he's got notes to all the folks on the show. Should I read these two? Yeah, I mean, might as well. All right, starting with Vinnie Paulino. Oh, what does he have to say to me? <laughs> oh, caps. I do not get permission to read these letters on the air. <laughs> that's what he wrote to you. I didn't read shit he on the air. He thought you were going to do it. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. This is fun. We're having fun. We miss you. I followed your directions, Matt. Croge, don't tell anyone, but I miss you the most of the WATP co-hosts. My favorite asshole. That's nice. Uh-huh. Andy, be more like Joe. All right. His brain's working. He can write jokes. That's good. Mean Doug, thank you for bringing PM into my life. Now get me some Doritos and chili. Is that what Mean Doug does? Interesting. Nice Doug. Oh, he's got Nice Doug on here, too. Send swag to me in here or pics of your co-host in a bikini, assuming it's still the broad. You know what? I'm going to send him pics of my co-host in a bikini. He asked for lingerie <laughs> pictures. You I should just nail that. that. That's funny. Dick Masterson. Ah. Oh, shit. I was just on his show yesterday. I wish I could have told him about this. Uh, same as Carl. Send me money on my account so you can afford it. <laughs> And he says, from the guy who brought Patrick Michael Clips to your crossover. So he thinks he deserves payment for that. I might throw him a few bucks. Why not? Because he murdered a woman. Yeah, you know, you keep coming back to that, Vinny. Like a broken record over there. I mean, if Dick was here right now, we'd go, yeah, a woman. But <laughs> yeah. he's not. And Actually, so I am, and I'm saying. Honestly, the jury's even out on that. Uh, Jen, I may have been too subtle, but I want to. Wait, what? I may have been too subtle but I want to pin your feet behind your head and fuck you good. Send sexy lingerie shots. Love you, Matt. All right. Well, that got a little, that went a little too far. Uh, that's, he wrote that to Jen from the Jingles Department. Jen from the Jingles Department, yeah. I think she's taken. I don't know. All right. Pat Oates. Getting Carl to reach out to you and your skewering, ooh, I can't read this. Something, the wild pitch. The next week is right up there with all these Patrick Michael segments I had for two years. I hope I made your podcast radar. It's been funny. I, I, that must be a show that Pat Oates does. I'm not aware of. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pat. I love you. And then Pat, oh, he sent a note to Patrick Michael. Well, I don't, you think I communicate with this guy? I'll try. Patrick Michael, looks like I won. <laughs> Carly and the kids are gone. And you only have your lame podcast left. Don't know why you feared the stardom I gave you, but whatever. Hell, write me. So my rock... Looks like I won. So my rock can hear your bullshit firsthand. Podcast hitman. like I won. Well, number one, I dude. Guess, all right, that's it. It's fucking that. uncalled for to send that fucking letter, like, talking about fucking Jenny like that. It's fucking uncalled for. <laughs> that's my favorite part of this letter. Yeah, I that's know. That's pretty fucking funny. He's going to pit her feet back behind her head. What, is he going to fall on her? <laughs> And that's the last time anyone ever heard from Jenny Jingles. Oh. Wowee. Matt Lewinsky wants money and a care package. I wish he had an Amazon wish list. That'd be so much easier. But I'm really bad at like mailing stuff. Are there I- lawyers on Amazon? Is that <laughs> Dude. That's amazing. All right, Matt. I'll write you. I'll write you back. I'll probably send you some bucks or care package or something. You did help contribute to the show, and I do appreciate that. He's still contributing to the show. So that's awesome. He didn't want to, though. No, Alex had to tell him to do it. No, he wrote, uh, do not read this on the air. Oh, well, no, I know. But he also said he thought that I would have written him by now. I guess I should have. 
But I wonder what the policy is. I got to look this up. I wonder what the policy is about the the video visits. I assume that you can't like record it and use it, right? Just write yourself up some fake press credentials. Do okay. whatever you want. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Carl, I think it's time for a scum parade, and mm. I am very excited because we got a amazing new scum parade jingle from our pal, the uh, fast food king. This is awesome, and I hope you have it on the board because I do not. Scum parade, take me on a raid of these fuck charades that these creeps have made. Scum parade, Vinny and Carl gonna tell you about some fuck shit. Scum parade, like stories of a kid fucked by his mom or dad. Soaking up the blood of a cat scum parade. I'm really glad I work in a place where I really don't have to worry about having coworkers. Mm. A janitor has allegedly been caught on video dipping his genitals into a woman's water bottle, and now the married mother of two claims she has an STD. Mm, that's a weird way to get an STD, isn't it? It's it's a good thing it's on video, or I would not believe her yeah. at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, the janitor put his dick in your water? That's why? Sure. The janitor put his dick in my water. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one before, honey. Lucio Diaz, 50, is facing charges of indecent assault and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> now that does build your ego up. I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> this individual is a six man. The woman, 54, told ABC th- 54. Ugh. Texas, <laughs> she wished to remain anonymous. This is a Gee, I wonder why she wants to remain anonymous. Could you imagine that first date? Oh, you're the woman who got the STD from drinking dick water. Yeah, no, I heard about you. Everywhere she goes, she's just constantly coughing because she just can't get it out of her fucking mouth. Oh, fucking dick water lady. Yeah. Good good idea. Like, keep What's your up, identity. DWL? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. If she was a wrestler, that would be her nickname. <laughs> now, coming to the ring. DWL. Dick oh water God. lady, dick water lady, <laughs> dick water lady. <laughs> she noticed a bad smell of the water dispenser at her job in a doctor's office following the August incident. She decided to only drink water from her own water bottles. But last month, she thought her own water had been mixed with urine. According to court records, a urinalis confirmed her, sp- her suspicion. She said footage from a camera in her office shows the janitor... When he pulls out his penis and puts his penis in my bottle, in my bottle, basically rinses his penis in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you wash your dick, Betty? In other people's water bottles, right. Carl. <laughs> exactly. I, I treat their water bottles like people treat the ball washes at golf courses. Exactly. Just dip. I learned I acquired a sexually transmitted disease for which he is also tested positive for, she told ABC. Mm-hmm. He gave me an STD I will have for the rest of my life. Nothing is going to change, and nothing will make it better for me. In fact, I feel like for the rest of my life, I will have to be careful. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Take your water bottle home. Don't leave it at your desk, stupid. Yeah. According to court records, Mr. Diaz is in the custody of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. He's a Mexican national with unclear immigration status. So you really shouldn't drink the water. That makes sense, actually, now that I think about it. Is that the name of this episode, Don't Drink the Water? (laughs) Don't Drink the Water. Wow, it's that easy to contaminate water. Just all it has to do is touch a Mexican, 
and it's bad for you. Now, here's the fun part. <laughs> yeah, cheap labor. The fun part. Well, cheap labor is really important to some businesses. Yeah. The woman said that the janitor kept working at the building where the doctor's office is located, despite the management being made aware of the situation. And hey, we have this video of the janitor sticking his dick in this lady's water bottle. Could you uh, fire him or something? He does a good job. Two twenty an hour. Who am I paying two twenty an hour to? I can only pay this subhuman over here from Mexico. Oh, I mean, I get it. You got to make business decisions. Uh, they have a duty to protect their tenants, and the and they wholly failed in those responsibilities. The woman's lawyer said so. Lawsuit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Houston Police Department uh, said that others could also have been affected, adding that Mr. Diaz could face additional charges. If I were him, I would just say this was like a cultural thing. Yes, correct. This is this is how we make sure the water's okay to drink. Yeah. By dipping our, our dick and, in and it. If my dick doesn't fall off, then it's good to drink. So <laughs> right, I was exactly. really just doing this woman a favor. <laughs> and frankly, I got the STD from her water bottle, okay? Oh, oh, that's good too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I should be the lawyer. I didn't know I had warts until I finally washed my dick off, and there they are. All right, I had no idea. You think you can get away with that? Giving me an STD from your water bottle? Ugh. How dare you? All right. You want to go to uh, Florida, Carl? Oh, yeah. We have a uh, we have a song for that? We do, and I just pulled it, so it would be right there for me. Uh, uh, oh, no. Listen, we're playing the fucking Florida song. I'm uh, not getting any uh, more messages. Someone's not prepared. For what? Oh, I'm prepared. that song so it's great. great it's very catchy sorry i forget to play it sometimes folks now pinellas county florida police officers claim a man wrote children notes telling them to engage in sexual activity and abusive acts that's fun Weird. J- james donald lakers 66 years old is locked up on a ten thousand dollar bond for lewd and lascivious conduct record show authorities said he did something like this before writing a 10 year old girl that she will be raped you know what? I have to tell you, Vinny, and I, you know I don't like to give advice to these types of people, but uh-huh. I wouldn't use the R word. I would say make love. You know, you I know? you are going to be forcibly made love to. Yes, you want to be tender with with these young girls. They don't like the R word's a turn off. You will <laughs> receive the tenderest force you've ever imagined. Correct. Well, can I add this to the uh, to to the proceedings here? Yeah. In the new arrest affidavit, deputies noted the term mentally challenged mm. in the section labeled for aggravating and mitigating factors. All right. So I, uh, you got it on. You got the uh, you got the bell. Do I do I have the bell? I sent you an email and told you to have something ready. Oh, yeah. I think I I think I have that. Uh Uh-oh. Retard alert. Retard alert class. Sorry, I was conserving my computer's energy for our uh, double show today. I apologize. On October 7th, Laker allegedly put a green sticky note on the victim's mailbox across the street from where he lived. It was addressed to two children, deputies said. Authorities identified the kids as a 6-year-old and an 11-year-old. The notes told them to engage in an act of sexual abuse with their 3-year-old brother. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a kind of a fun sticky note. It just says, don't forget to suck off your baby brother. Oh, thanks, mister. 
Thanks, Mr. Laker. It's a little, a little reminder for you. <laughs> Try, tie a string around your finger. <laughs> tie a string around your finger the name of this episode. The defendant left a second note inside the victim's mailbox instructing the same, deputies claim. On both occasions, the notes were found by one or both of the child victims. Mm-hmm. Deputies say they canvassed the neighborhood. They claim they found the handwritten notes in the same handwriting at Laker's home. So they were like, oh. Don't forget to write to tell your neighbors to suck themselves off. <laughs> He's giving himself little reminders, too. There's a sticky <laughs> note on his mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to sexually harass the children. <laughs> Don't forget to, with the vague rape threats. Don't forget that. God I don't know why he, he's starting to get to Gary from San Diego in my mind right now. They said, <laughs> don't forget to suck off your brother. <laughs> That's not good. Hey, Carl, don't forget <laughs> to suck off your brother. Uh, when they asked this guy if he left the notes, he said, How should I know? I'm retarded. <laughs> good answer. The defendant admitted to writing the inappropriate notes left on the victim's mailbox, as deputies wrote. When asked why he did this, he said, quote, he felt like it. The defendant stated he was, quote, locked up. When he did this 20 years ago, and he admitted it was wrong in the past, and now for him to write notes like this to children. When asked if he was having similar urges as he did in the past, the defendant replied, once in a while. Mm -hmm. Laker apologized. Oh, so let's, let's move on. Oh, he apologized. In the words of Ricky from Trailer Park Boys, it's all water under the fridge. <laughs> it's all water under the fridge. Let's move on, guys. Records he's, do he's not sorry. name an attorney working on his behalf. I mean, because obviously, what does he need a lawyer for? No, he's, he's got this. Yeah. They said he was charged <laughs> in 2002 with lewd and lascivious conduct as well, and did the same thing to the aforementioned 10-year-old girl, introducing her to perform a sexually abusive act to herself. Yeah, you don't start this type of shit when you're 66 years old. If you're if you're running notes like this to children, this has been going on for a bit. Dude, he literally... Here's an excerpt from one of the... An additional note yeah. written by the defendant read. P.S. I will show my penis. You will be raped. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. You will be sued. <laughs> yeah, you can't... Don't use the R word. It's very harsh. People don't like that. Good point. Let's go down to Carrollton, Kentucky, Carl. Okay. A Carroll County man has been arrested on charges that he abused a two-year-old child and posted a recording of the abuse on a social media platform. Okay. Not smart. Benjamin J. Franklin. Benjamin Franklin? That's his name. Jesus Christ. The balls on that mother to name her son Benjamin Little Franklin. Little Betty Franklin. Uh, you better be sure... You got a genius coming out, and it doesn't sound like that worked out well. Uh, you That's gambled and up. you lost, honey, Mrs. That's... Franklin. So, yeah, that's a bad choice for a name. He was arrested October 13th by the Carroll County Sheriff's Department for criminal abuse of a child under 12 and strangulation. He is scheduled to be arraigned October 19th. His arrest report says deputies were called to Carroll County Memorial Hospital by the child's mother about her child being abused and said there was a story on Snapchat belonging to Franklin regarding it. This motherfucker used Snapchat to put video of him holding the child, a two-year-old child, up by their neck and shaking them, strangling them, as if he was Homer Simpson. Well, it actually, it sounded to me because he also threw the kid down on the bed. It sounded to me like he thought that he was like a professional wrestler and he was going after the toddler, brother. Wait until I see you in the ring, the toddler. It'll be all over Snapchat. We're going to take things to a whole other level, dude. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass up and down Snapchat, brother. When I lift you up over my head by your neck, I'd slam <laughs> you to the canvas, brother. <laughs> you didn't have a chance, toddler. Did he give him the leg drop? Did he, do the, <laughs> did he go off the ropes and do the leg drop? Because I know that I personally, I'm... 
prefer the people's elbow. Dude, all right. This might be a crazy idea. And uh-huh. if it is, you can cut it out of the episode. But would that be a fun professional wrestling event where just adults beat the shit out of toddlers in the ring? <laughs> By God. <laughs> this is pandemonium. That toddler's climbing up his back like a squirrel up a tree. Yeah. He's I, grabbing his hair. I, He's I, grabbing his hair. I picture the toddler after getting his ass kicked for 15 minutes straight, just gets up, starts freaking out, does the ear thing to the crowd. <laughs> Everyone starts going nuts. He's stopping a mud hole on little Tyler. <laughs> yeah. And then after like the toddler gets all pumped up and ready to go, they just smash him down again. This would be fun. All right. That's inappropriate. I, I'm kidding. All of that was a joke. The toddler's hands are taped. <laughs> By God, he's on the top rope. <laughs> ah, Franklin is being held at the Carroll County Detention Center on a $5,000 cash bond in order to have no contact with the boy, his mother, or their home. After locating him, though, they uh, he was advised of his rights. They straight up arrested him, and he admitted to deputies that, yeah, I did it. It's really hard to argue when you put it on fucking Snapchat. See, I would have said, you haven't seen this new filter? There was no boy I in was this using video. the child abuse filter. I was using the child abuse filter. Uh, they get rid of it already? Shit, that didn't last very long. It was on there when I was using it, though. It's great. I don't know. I, I would have come up with some excuse personally, but I don't like to get arrested. People aren't as smart as you. That's right, buddy. I like to get away with shit. So I make up excuses. <laughs> the creep off. We like getting away with yeah, shit. Yeah, baby. A Michigan man who stalked sexually assaulted a four-year-old Lubbock, Texas girl, and later told de- authorities that it wasn't wrong, was sentenced Thursday to life in federal prison. Thomas John Bocamp, 22 years old, received the sentence of the U.S. District Judge James Wesley Hendricks. Now, a federal jury in June convicted Bocamp on 16 counts, one count of transportation of a minor, to engage in criminal sexual conduct. Well, she got herself there. Right? Didn't she travel to him? Okay. Uh, Well, I was going to tell you the charges, and I was going to tell you the story. Yeah, please. So, Tell the charges. uh, Transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual conduct. One count of travel with intent to engage in illicit sexual conduct. One count of enticement of a minor. Two counts of receipt of child pornography. Ten counts of production and attempted production of child uh, pornography. And one count of cyber stalking. Oh! Bitch, bitch, bitch. Bocamp met the child identified in court with the alias Jane Doe on the instant messaging platform Discord. Oh, that Discord. Filled with racist. Yep. They're also talking about my kids on there, too. (laughs) He's trying to get in on this. (laughs) She was just 13 years old, according to the authorities. The pair exchanged a series of messages in which he threatened to hurt her family if she disclosed their budding relationship. Dude, you should have seen the comments. There was like 5,000 comments on this article. Yeah. If every parent talked about what a great parent they are. I don't let my kids go on social media without my permission. And I look at what they're writing and I see what they're It's like, all right, you're the parent of the year. All right, we don't have to keep shaming these parents. Their fucking 14-year-old was raped. And that's the first thing you think. I was like, well, fucking shame on them because my kid's on Discord. I'm looking at all that. Jesus, strong with you. <laughs> that's a good point. I like how you're acting all high and mighty. Like, you're not, we're not going to blame the parents in just a minute. Yeah, I know. The man stalked and sexually assaulted a 14-year-old, then had the gall to claim in federal court that their so-called relationship was consensual. Amicham, the attorney, said in a Thursday news release, the child who bravely faced her abuser in court asserted in no certain terms that his advances were unwelcome. Now, once she was in Michigan, yeah. Bocap kept Jane Doe in his home where he sexually assaulted her 
forcibly removed her braces with pliers, strangled and hit her. Okay. This is the thing now. This is not a good way to start a relationship. Okay. Yeah. So you meet online. Everything's going great. They she she agrees. Yeah, I'm gonna come meet you. I'll come hang out with you for the weekend. Like you got it. Like you're giving pedophiles a bad name when you do that. You know, like take her out for a movie or you know go play skee ball. Did you just say you're giving pedophiles a bad name? <laughs> yeah, because you're just gonna start torturing her right away. It's gonna make it look like you're up to no good. You know. That is the perfect place for me to throw in the plug for this bonus episode, <laughs> yeah. because we're going to watch this thing called Chicken Hawk okay. today. And Chicken Hawk was a movie about Nambla that was produced by an independent director in 1994. Great. It debuted at the New York Film Festival. And in order to get it made, the director agreed with the leadership of Nambla mm-hmm. that they will let them tell their story. Oh, cool. And when they tell their story, it's pretty fucking sick and evil. Good. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. So tune in, stay, you know, stick around, make sure you're on the Patreon. That show's going to be after this one. So, Bocap wrote a letter to the family member noting his victim's supposed betrayal and asking for help to escape prison after he was already arrested. So I think that's pretty funny. Uh, at Thursday's sentence hearing, prosecutors introduced into evidence a record jailhouse phone call in which Bocap insisted he would not apologize for, quote, Unquote, raping a 14 year old. <laughs> I like teenage girls. They don't like that. I like that. He said, as a federal agent of prosecutors, I frankly don't care what the morality is of this current time and place. It's not wrong. There's nothing wrong about it. And they're not going to ever convince me of its wrongness. So, up there's, I hate this nation. Uh, I think Bo Camp seems a little bit unhinged. If you ask me, like, honestly, CNN handled Trump winning the election better than this guy's handling. These charges against him. Yeah, he's uh, not doing it with grace or dignity, no, is he? <laughs> not at all. He's not helping his cause by any means. He will not be shown in airports from now on uh, based on this behavior. So life in prison for this fucking asshole. Uh, this is also from the article. Uh, the teen's father testified at trial yep. oh, that sorry. when she ran away to Michigan, his terrified daughter brought her baby blanket with her. Oh, well, that's all well and good, but your daughter's a whore, sir. Your 14-year-old daughter traveled across straight lines to fuck a guy she met on Discord. She brought her baby blanket to lay down so she didn't make a mess. Right, exactly. This, the fact that his dad's just like, oh, she's just this poor, innocent girl. It's like, no, he, she met a dude on Discord and decided to go fuck him. Uh, listen, I'm not victim. It sounds like I'm victim blaming. I'm going to back up from the microphone. <laughs> sounds like I'm victim blaming here, Vinny. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, moving on. <laughs> Well, that's the end of the scum parade this week, Carl. What a fun scum parade that was. Yeah, so uh, folks, remember to vote this week on Reddit. You can find all the links on thecreepoff.com. Uh, find us on Patreon or on Supercast. Und Supercast. Also on our Patreon bonus show, we're going to be doing a little expose on Nancy Grace. I'm looking forward to that. I, I pulled some clips for us. I cannot wait for that. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I got some great scum parade stories. We're going to have a scum stream. Wow. We have a lot going on today. This is going to be jam-packed. So we are going to uh, end the show here today. And uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. Please clap. supposed to be
Ciao, Bella. May your enemies be cursed in your podcast adventures.